And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming at you one more time, and of course, let's jump right into the download. Now, this week, I'm going a bit out of my comfort zone. I have never been one for, especially now with the 3D sort of genre of games, the 3D adventure game. That's not something I've ever really gotten into. Uh, but if you own the Nintendo Switch, you know, and even if you don't, you know that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is one of the biggest selling games for the platform even till this day. And with that, you saw a lot of games that have come out over the years. Many, 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 many games that have tried to emulate this sort of style of gameplay that you'll find in Breath of the Wild. So as a result, I haven't been that big into adventure games, but there was a game that was published recently that really struck my fancy, more so because of the art style. And this game is entitled Sable. Now I'm only about an hour and a half to two hours in, so it's not a full review, it's not even really review, it's just my impressions and recommendations. And it is an adventure game. Some reviews liken it to that gameplay style of the Zelda Breath of the Wild. So if that's a game that you like, this is definitely a game that you'll want to sink your teeth into. But what got me interested in that game was the art style. I won't even say it's a self-shaded sort of art style. It reminds me, now it isn't that way, but it reminds me of the old school rotoscoping they used to do in anime. If you've ever seen the Lord of the Rings movies, the uh, Ralph Bosky, I'm saying it wrong, movies, the animated movies, they came out back in the late 70s, early 80s, I forget exactly when they were uh, released. You'll know what I'm talking about when it comes to rotoscoping, and I am such an old fan of or a fan of old art styles and looks. I swear I was born in the wrong decade and lived in the wrong centuries with some of the things that I'm into. But I really got interested because of that. And let me give you a brief explanation of the game based on the description. So in this game, you are to embark on a unique and unforgettable journey and guide Sable through her gl- gliding a ride of passage that will take her across vast deserts and mesmerizing landscapes, capped by the remains of spaceships and ancient wonders. Now, I'm qu- not quite at the spaceships part yet, but I have gotten into some of the ancient wonders, and I've just found the game to be really cool. It's a game that's going to be found on PC, Mac, and Xbox platforms, and it runs you $24.99, or... Of course, if you listen to this podcast, you know I don't play most things unless it's on Game Pass. So it's quote unquote free with your Game Pass subscription. If you have a PC or Mac, I definitely think it's worth the 25 bucks. If you're on Xbox platforms, definitely use it on Game Pass, play it on Game Pass, see what you think, and then buy it. Remember, there's usually a 20% discount if you actually just a game that's on Game Pass. So I am enjoying it right now. And I know you may ask, they have time to play all these games I don't but a lot of them I make myself available to play to talk about some games that I think you might find interesting on this podcast so that is my download of the week Sable it's found on PC Mac 
and the Xbox platforms. That is Xbox One and Xbox Series platforms. So I'm going to introduce a new segment called Short Takes. Now this is going to really just touch on some things that I found interesting this week without giving really long detailed explanations. First and foremost, I am a very big sci-fi fan and one of my favorite sci-fi shows in the late 90s, mid to late 90s I guess, I forget. Anyway, I'm old. You forget these things. Was Babylon 5. I really, really enjoyed that show. It debuted the same time as Deep Space Nine. And there was a lot of comparisons because they both were uh, space stations at a wormhole. But they were two drastically different shows. Well, we are in the 2020s. And 2020s are all about reboots. So now there's talk of a reboot of Babylon 5 by the original series creator, J. Michael Chizinski. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think that it could really be something special in this day and age, and especially considering how political that show got for its time. I think it could be really something special now. Um, after that Battlestar remake, uh, about a decade or so ago, it, it's it's been really good stuff coming out on TV as far as sci-fi is concerned. So I'm excited. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, second up is Muppet Haunted Mansion. Uh, the trailer for that dropped. I am a humongous Muppet fan. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know I've talked about the Muppets on several occasions now. As someone who has had the fortune of visiting Disneyland and going to the Haunted Mansion, it was kind of neat. Now, that's not one of my favorite attractions. It's really one of those ones where once you do it once, it's no point in going back. I went to Disney World, didn't care about going to the Haunted Mansion. But it'll be really fun to see the the Muppets Haunted Mansion special on Disney Plus on October 8th. So I'll be watching that. And then the last show at stake, which is... Choice take, which usually would be a full review, is What If Episode 8. I'm not giving a full review on this one because this is one that isn't a standalone episode, so I don't feel I can rightly judge it on the merits by itself. Long story short, you find out the origins of the ultimate Ultron and how that entity was able to break through the multiverse after basically the infinity stones gave him a higher plane of consciousness it was a fun episode it was an interesting episode it was very cinematic especially with the fight scenes between the ultron bots and uh, hawkeye and black widow and you got to see that sort of juxtapose of hawkeye sacrificing himself for black widow and saving the day compared to Black Widow sacrificing herself to save everyone else. So I, I found it interesting, but it really sets up the last episode or episodes of What If, where now you're going to have pretty much them all come together to fight off this ultimate Ultron, is what I will call him. So that is those are my short takes this week. And I'm also going to do an off-topic review, something that uh, a show that I've been interested in simply because I am, again, I'm old. So I grew up on things like Land of the Lost, both the original and the, the remake that came out in the 90s, I believe. And one of the shows that has been advertised for this season, this new television season, which kind of crept up on us, in my opinion, was a show entitled La Brea. Now, La Brea takes its name from the famous La Brea Tar Pits in Los Angeles, California, in the United States. 
And with that, the whole premise of the show is that this humongous sinkhole opens up in the middle of L.A., encompassing the La Brea tar pits and uh, a couple miles in that uh, vicinity of it. And everything that gets sunk into the sinkhole ends up in this world. Now, it looks like from the first episode that they are distinctly in the past, um, in the past of L.A., which is interesting. And it also seems as though you have that conspiracy aspects where the government knows something about what's going on, but don't really know anything. You also have this weird connection with the main character's ex-husband who has been seeing visions of this past time period and they thought he was crazy after an accident as an Air Force pilot. Uh, so now that they are there in the past, in this case, his son and his ex-wife or I guess they're divorcing or divorced, I don't know. Uh, he is now trying to get people to uh, convince convince them that he's seeing them and that's going to be part of the premise of the season as well i it's interesting it's it's weird everything like that is always going to be sort of compared to lost in that phenomenon for from so many years ago but it's it's an interesting show some of the characters so far just rub me the wrong way and are totally uninteresting a female cop character got on my nerves first episode and I, I clearly think that there was a mysterious discovery that was found in the episode. I think it belongs to her, and I think she's not exactly as uh, who she seems. So, but right now, most of the characters are very forgettable and, and interesting. I'm looking forward to the next few episodes to get a better understanding of these characters, who they are, and to see if I actually will care about them or not. So it's, it's an interesting show. I definitely say if you're into sci-fi or even if you're just a fan of Land of the Lost, it would be a very interesting show to really look into and to see how you like it. It's OK so far. I don't know how much is going to grab my attention, especially based on the sort of montage of footage from the season. You kind of see where it's going to go. So even based on that, I'm like, do I really want to stay? But I will give it another episode or two before I really check out. And this is rare because I don't get involved in too many network shows nowadays. So it was an interesting show. I definitely say I definitely recommend you uh, watch it. You can find it on if you have Hulu. It's on Hulu on Peacock if you didn't watch it already. And I believe it comes on Tuesdays on NBC. So that's that. And when we come back from the break. Uh, from a word from our wonderful sponsor, Anchor, we're going to talk about Doctor Who, one of my all-time favorite subjects. We're going to talk about some style essentials for the fall, another one, the last in this list, and our fragrance of the week. And we're back from the break. If you have listened to this podcast, you know that I am a humongous Doctor Who fan. I have literally been watching Doctor Who probably pretty much all of my life. Started with watching reruns on Maryland Public Television of the third Doctor, excuse me, the, yes, the fourth Doctor, uh, Tom Baker, and really fall in love with the series then and only, only with the reintroduction of Doctor Who in 2005 that I begin to love 
all of the doctors. Uh, so I was just a Tom Baker ba- fan before, but when uh, Christopher Echelon came about in 05 and Russell T. Davies and that ilk, I really fell in love with Doctor Who as a whole series and started rewatching a lot of older Who from the first Doctor. And I've mentioned before, I'm not a fan of the first Doctor. I feel like the show then is just something totally different in what it became, especially under the second Doctor, uh, Patrick Troughton. I believe Doctor Who became more of what Doctor Who is under him than, um, I get it right, Dr. Shelton. Well, yes, uh, when William Hartnell, the first Doctor. But anyway, not to get too geeky. So I talked before about Jodie Whittaker, who is the current Doctor Who, is the first female Doctor, is leaving the series. And not just that, the current showrunner, uh, Chris Chimnall. Uh, is leaving as well and in my opinion as far as he is concerned don't let the door hit you on the way out i feel as though the last two seasons of doctor who have definitely been the worst since doctor who returned in 2005 and there have been some you know missteps in comes to when it comes to doctor who since then but this is just my opinion i feel as though jody could have been a really good Doctor Who, but you can only be so good or as good as the writing and stories that allow you to be. And there were just, there were so many sort of good things that kind of came about that just went like, even with the last season, the whole back and forth, the season wasn't bad. What killed it was the total retconning of Doctor Who toward the end. I love the new master. I love the way it opened. Uh, just some of the episodes during that last season just didn't hit hit it, but I was there for the overarching story because I wanted to see more of this new master, and I forget the actor's name. He certainly redeemed himself in my eyes from his portrayal in Iron Fist. At, no, we ain't talking about Iron Fist. But uh, the ending and the total retconning of everything we know about Doctor Who really did not sit well with me. I'm all for change, but... And it it is while it took me a while to get to this sort of point of view because initially when it happened, I'm like, okay, it wasn't bad. But the more I sit on it and stew on it and think about the history of Doctor Who, I was like, I don't really like it. Just so many things don't make sense about the character now that you have pretty much done away with the whole Gallifreyan last of the time Lord's backstory. It just didn't make any sense to me. So. I say that Jody didn't get a fair shake, uh, in my opinion. Much like the Peter Capaldi era, I think that his last series really is where he started to shine for me. I think that his first two seasons, a lot of that, in my opinion, is hampered by my total dislike for Clara at that point in time, his companion. I, I really think Capaldi excelled when Clara was not with him and he had Bill Potts. But... This season, with the addition of the newer companions that are coming out, maybe Chimno might redeem himself and go out on a high note and really give Jody some really good stories to work with and to be the doctor and really to make it her own. So I say all to say this change is coming with Doctor Who. But of course, the old saying goes, the more things change, the more things stay the same. So the recent announcement was that Russell T. Davies, the man who ushered in New Era Doctor Who, is coming back to write the ship he brought back or he created or he refurbished, I should say, way back in 2005. And I personally am excited because let me be frank, 
even in his worst, he was still better than what they have put out in the past couple of seasons. And Russell T. Davies has a very long track record of just producing really good television, in my opinion. But he really excelled at Doctor Who. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for his return. And I'm looking forward to what or who the doctor is. I And it's weird. I'm like, I don't want it to be another woman. Uh, only because I'm interested in seeing different dynamics. Uh, I'm not even sure if I'm ready. If I wanted to be an African American. I don't think that really makes it. I would love it. If especially seeing the master. And seeing how the master was of Indian descent. And especially thinking of uh, Great Britain's history with India, I would love to see an Indian Doctor Who, uh, personally speaking. I think culturally speaking, that could be really big. And I would love, I would love these sort of um, maybe cultural aspects that that could bring out in. Uh, India and Great Britain's relationship over the years and even now. I would love to see that personally speaking. I don't I think that would be just be really good or could be really good writing um, in some respects. But that's my take on this. So I'm excited for Russell D. T. Davies to come back to Doctor Who and I'm looking forward to see who the doctor is going to be as he tries to write the ship of Doctor Who. So that's that. Now, one of the things that when it comes to fall style is that I am very much about classic items, classic pieces. And one of the items that I own that I have I have owned one forever is a trench coat, that classic sort of tannish trench coat. I have found those to be so indispensable especially in the fall and even in the spring simply because it's uh, many of them especially look at some of the older school ones like from london fog they uh, a lot of times have that uh, removable sort of um, insulated lining uh, that zippers in and zippers out so that's one of the ones that i have at the moment i, I love it because it's such a classic look it's one it's a, a coat or a trench coat uh, it's really good for the rain. It's really good for maybe more a brisk uh, type of, of day, but not cold type of day uh, without the lining. With the lining, maybe a little bit cold as you get further into fall, but definitely not something you wear if it's really, really cold outside. But it's one of those things, it's such a classic and gentlemanly look. Uh, that I, I love wearing it. Uh, you, you have it sized enough where you can wear it over your suit, but it fits snugly enough and tapers to your body enough where you don't. If you're not wearing a suit, it doesn't look all baggy and everything. It's such a wonderful look that just screams sophistication. It screams that uh, you are a gentleman and also invokes some of those old images, even, you know, maybe not as uh, stylish as you think, but Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther and just so many other classic movies. I believe uh, George Papad had on a trench coat at one point in time and the classic movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. I just feel like the classic trench is such an essential item for gentlemen these day and age because it's not something you see often anymore. Is I don't, I don't, I don't see that classic style anymore. But it's something that is so versatile and utilitarian 
when it comes to dressing, uh, especially in a sort of weather, weather, and it's it's so much more than you know. You don't want to go too heavy, but you don't want to go too light as well. And with a classic trench coat, you can really vacillate between uh, sort of uh, lightly chilly in the wind also with the rain is good with that also when it gets a little bit colder it's good as well depending on the insert so that's my style recommendation it's a short one uh this week but a classic trench coat is just something that i feel as though no gentleman can go wrong with with having it in their wardrobe now of course we can't forget about style and not talk about our fragrance of the week. And in this case, we're staying with Prada in there. The flankers of Carbon uh, Luna. In this case, is Carbon Luna Rosa. Excuse me. It's Prada Luna Rosa Carbon, not Carbon. So we're going to look at notes of Italian bergamot, pepper, lavender, patchouli, and ambroxan. Ambroxan is that molecule that, uh, if you're familiar with Dior Sauvage, it's something that the ladies love. And this is definitely one that the ladies are going to love. It's fresh. I like the bergamot on top, but it's spicy. It's very seductive. This is definitely one that if you are a Dior Sauvage fan, this is definitely one that will go into their wheelhouse. It's definitely one you're going to get uh, definite compliments from when you wear this. And it's one that you are certainly going to have to uh, beat those who you're trying to attract off with a stick. It is definitely one of those sort of fragrances. Uh, longevity wise, you're going to get about four to five hours. So medium longevity with that uh, projection. In my experiences, I got maybe about an hour good projection. Couldn't really tell you the distance. So I think it's, it's a really good one. I have not been disappointed by the uh, Prada Luna line and their flankers or Luna Rosa. I guess what it is. And their flankers, there are a lot of different flankers. And you can have a lot of different tastes and moods. I mean, really with... Uh, I haven't found one so far and I haven't tried them all yet that I really would say is a... Uh, fall fragrance or a winter fragrance uh this this one though may be a good all year round sort of fragrance it's a uh, luna rosa carbon just by strength and in, intensity especially at patchouli uh, uh notes and how it mixed with an ambroxan you have a really good uh potent uh longevity in that regard especially i think it would do well in the cold also so I really enjoy it. I really like it. I might have to get myself a bottle one day. That's how much I really enjoyed it compared to some of the other ones that I have tried in the line. So that's our fragrance of the week. Luna Rosa Carbon by Prada. And of course, as we finish out the fragrance of the week, we come to the end of another episode of the Sartorio and Geek podcast by Webster Style. Where, of course, we talk about bow ties comic books and everything in between i have been your host webster style feel free to find us first and foremost on the internet at websterstyle.com also find us on instagram at webster style and sartorial geek find us on twitter at webster style and more importantly any questions emails comments want to be on the show send us a note at info at websterstylemagazine.com Thank you very much again for your time. And remember, be safe out there and stay blessed. Hold on.
I mean, I can change. I, I thought, never mind. Forget. I'm a Jenny, Jenny, Miffinny, Muffin, Infinity. Hey, hey, when it comes to the killing spree, hey, aka hey, that's an ensemble. Hey, Are you the enemy hey, if you're not hey, defending the presence hey, of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Yeah. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs. Yeah. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party's off to 12. Get we it. got a little time, hey, time, time hey, to get hey, it on. Yeah. And on fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the Tree Green Tuesday had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be White Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't. Wear, oh, Miss I forget it. Million them here.